Thank you for joining us for the FS Monero podcast with Pastor Terrell Turner. Our vision is that as we teach faith and love, we can duplicate ourselves and lost others. So open your heart now to receive the ministry of God's Word. He brings us into times and into seasons. I want you to forget about your wife, your husband, who you came with. Forget about if you're new. Don't worry about who's here, who's not here, or how hot it is. It's going to get hotter. <laughs> but the next 40 minutes can change your life. Your reaction to that means you don't understand what I'm saying. The next 40 minutes, you can leave here into your next season. That's how important this message is. This is the one you've been praying for. This is the answer you've been believing for. This is the season you've been waiting for. I want to talk and do the best that I can as the Holy Spirit helps me to talk about it's your time. Somebody say, it's my time. It's my time. This is your moment. In Psalms 118, in verse 24, the Bible says, this is the day. You didn't hear me. This is the day. Today is the day. Not tomorrow, not next month, not, not, not next year, but today. Today is the day. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is your day of salvation. Today is your day of miracle. Today is your day of healing. Today is your day of releasal. Today is your day of freedom. And I need you to catch a hold of it right now and receive what's about to happen for you today. I didn't come to play. I didn't come to be cute. There's some stuff going on in your life that you need breakthrough today. There's some bills need to be paid today. You need to be paid yesterday. <laughs> but today is the day. And God ordained, he made today. That's why we can rejoice. And that's why we can be exceedingly glad in it. Somebody shout, today is my day. Turn to Genesis 17. In Genesis 17 and verse oh, 15, and God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, don't call her Sarah no more, but call her Sarah. Her name shall be. Sarah now meant mother of many. I will bless her and give you a son from her. She shall be a mother of nations. That's what Sarah means. Kings of people shall be of her. Understand, Sarah was probably at this time about 90 years old. That's like your grandma talking about she's about to have a baby. That's kind of nasty, actually. <laughs> yeah, grandma about to have me a baby. No, that's Sarah was 90 years old. Never had a child. Never was able to enjoy the experience of holding a son or a daughter in her arms and feeding him and, and playing and playing peekaboo. God says, I'm going to do the impossible. I'm going to do something that you've always wanted, always dreamed of, but never experienced before. Now watch what happens to Abraham. Abraham, the Bible says in 17, he fell down and he began to laugh. He said, shall a child be born unto him that's 100 years old? Abraham was 100. She was 90. I mean, medical science hadn't gotten to that place yet. So he was 100, and it was impossible to have the blurred lines. Blurred lines. I know you won't. Mm. So Abraham begins to laugh inside of him. He begins to say, this is impossible. It cannot happen. He said, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee, God. See, I, <laughs> I got impatient and I, I went and 
got with my, my handmaid because she was much younger. Uh, she had a son. His name was Ishmael. And so how many times have we said, God, I, I know what you're saying, but I got another plan. Or, or how about this idea? Or what about this is going to work? And God is saying to you today, in order for you to step into your time, he needs to you to abort the mission, abort your mission and abort your plan. Well, when I get 25, I'll do this, that, and the other. When I hit 30, maybe I'll do this, that, and the other. Or, or I'll set this, that, and up. And God is saying, uh-uh, cancel it out because right now I'm bringing you into a new season and a new time and a new dimension that requires you to get out of what you feel and what you think and get to my plan. Because my plan is supernatural. My plan encounters you doing what cannot be done. Through and by my power, my ability, not my by not by power, by my spirit, says the Lord. And Abe, God says, "No, nah, buddy, I know you got Plan A, but let me experience you to my Holy Spirit plan." He says, "God says, no, Sarah, your wife shall bear a son. You will call his name Isaac. I'll establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant." Verse twenty-one. But my covenant, which I established with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto you at this what time? At this what time? What time? In the next year. There are already some things God has set up just for you. I wish I had a church. I wish I had somebody. I've been trying to get this out, and I wish somebody could just have the same excitement. There's a set time that God has put some things already in order just for you. And when your time comes, can't nobody stop it. Can't nobody hinder it. Can't nobody keep it from flowing because it's your time. All right, there we go. Help me out. Help me out. Every word God speaks is unstoppable because his word is supreme. I declare right now an instant manifestation into your life. <clears throat> Over in Luke chapter 12, the man Mark 10, rather, the man received his sight immediately because of his unwavering attitude. You have to have an attitude that says, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. But right now is my moment. Right now is my season. If if you'll remember, I'll get to this later. Uh, I know you play a sport, but if y'all play any sports, it's, uh, we would, uh, you know, when I played basketball, you remember my, my, uh, my all-star moments. Uh, <laughs> we'd get all hype. What time is it? Game time! We'd get all, like, it's not that serious, man. Calm down. But we get, we get hype. It's game time. It's game time. And then we get around half court, but like, you know what time it is, right? Yeah. Time is it, Mark? Game time. And then my little, my little buddy, poor Justin. Uh, <laughs> Justin had to rotate games. He had, he'd play every other game. Justin was a little chubby, you know, and that's when the rule was coming out. You know, everybody had to kind of make the team. Uh, and so well, I, what time is it, Justin? It's game time. But uh, <laughs> it was game time, but it wasn't his turn. It wasn't his turn to get into the game. And I'm going to get into this that not only is your time, it's also your turn. My, my face is tingling. My face is tingling. Now, there are two words that define this word time, time, time. I'll give you a little history education lesson now. There's two words that define the word time that's defined in the Greek. The first word is chronos, K-R-O-N-O-S, chronos. It's where we get chronological, chronograph. That word defines our seconds, our minutes, our hours, our days, months, and years. We can measure time. Time is our, en is our enemy. We're trying to beat time. Trying to find the latest cream to put my face on so I won't wrinkle or the latest things so my hair can keep on flowing like Vidal, Sassoon, and uh, Black Beauty. And what else I can keep on? The time is my, is my enemy. It is sequential. 
But then there's a word that's mainly used in the scripture. When we hear that word time, we automatically think seconds, minutes, days. But see, God is not a God who deals in days. He said one day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is a one day. It means that there is no time. There is no chronological thing in God. It all happens without time. We can't understand that because our human brain is figured and computed to work chronologically. Well, I got to get a job first, and then I got to save, and then I get a house. I got to do this, and, and then I, this can happen. I got to get my, my degree first, and then I got to go to college, and then I got to do all these things that we think is supposed to happen based upon time. That's not how God operates. And if you've ever seen God move in your life, he's never moved based upon what you thought. He always moves based upon his power, his supernatural ability that defies time. You'll die in six months. You'll have this long to live. You have to do this, that, and the other and take these many pills at this many time. It's time, but God doesn't work in time. He works in Kairos. That word time is defined as a season of opportunity. <laughs> now that makes sense at this set time or at this set season of opportunity. It's defined as things coming to a head, reaching their summit or their peak, like a mountaintop. The favorable moment. Kairos, at the time next year when things reach their peak is when Sarah will have a son. The philosopher Isocrates wrote, it is seen by those who manage their circumstances every day and possess an accurate judgment. In many occasions as they arise, rarely miss the expedient course of action. In other words, it's those who are able to recognize times of opportunity who are propelled to the top. If you've ever seen the movie Dead Poet Society or maybe in your literature class, you heard the Latin term carpe diem, which means seize the day. In John 9, 4, Jesus said you must work while it is day. You cannot miss your door of opportunity because when Jesus comes walking and says, now is your time, it's time to not think about it. It ain't time to worry about it or to question why. It's time to jump in and receive today, right now, at 11.44 p.m. on uh, April 25th, 2013. Right now is my season and door of opportunity. Trying to set you up for what's about to happen. Turn to Romans chapter 13. It's going to get better. Romans chapter 13. Shake somebody next to you and say, it's my time. You didn't say that too convincingly. By the end of the day, Romans chapter 13. Praise you, Jesus. Woo! Romans chapter 13 and verse 11. And that knowing the time and that knowing the season of opportunity and that knowing that things are coming to a head and that knowing that things are reaching their summit and that knowing that this is the right moment and that knowing that this is the favorable moment, that now it is high time. To awake out of sleep. Some of you have been sleeping for too long. You've been down for too long. You've been drugged for too long. It's been too hard for too long of a time. But I'm here to tell you today that it is high time. It's time for you now to arise and to shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has now risen upon you. What has been no longer has been is now coming to a head. This is the season and the moment that the angel is stirring the waters for you. It's high time. The tide has come in. And it's time for you now to get up on that surfboard and begin to surf. 
You've been under the wave for too long, but now it's time for you to stand tall and see the salvation of the Lord. It's high time. It's the set time. It's the favorable time for you. Wake up out of your sleep this morning and see what God is about to do for you. Ah. Ah. In Matthew 9, verse 18, we see a woman who operated in Kronos and Kairos, chronological time as well as the set time. Hear me now? You see, it was her time, but it wasn't her turn. Huh? Hey, Kamba. Jesus was on his way to heal the ruler Jairus' daughter. He had been asked, Jesus, come heal my daughter. She is gravely sick. I need you to lay your hands upon her. And I know that when you lay your hands on her, immediately that demon will leave her. And Jesus began to walk towards the house of Jairus. He was a rich young ruler. Jesus didn't know that this unnamed woman was sick. He didn't even know she existed. He didn't know her name. He didn't know she was in the crowd. There was a whole bunch of people who were touching and praying for Jesus to heal him. There are a whole bunch of people who have been praying. There's a whole bunch of people who have been coming to church. There's a whole bunch of people who have been praising and, and singing songs, but not many have touched the hem of his garment. He didn't know that she was existing. But now all of a sudden now she had said within herself, she had spoken to herself, it is now my time. I'm tired of being sick. I'm, I'm tired of being in pain. I, I'm tired of waking up at night. I'm tired of spending all my money. Something's got to change. Something has got to shift right now. And she said in herself, today is my moment. Today is my season. You see in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says, if you will meditate, if you will mutter, if you will say within yourself the word of God, you will make your way prosperous and you will make yourself have good success. When you put God's word in your mouth and when you release your faith, you create times of faith. You create seasons of opportunity. Even though it wasn't her turn, it became her time. And she bypassed everyone else who was touching Jesus that day. She skipped Jairus and it became her turn. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care how long it seems. I don't care how much it hurts. You've got to mutter God's word. You've got to keep his promise on the tip of your tongue. Paul calls it the pen of the ready writer. My daddy always says you may be delayed, but you're not denied. You may feel forsaken, but you're not forgotten. Paul says we are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but we're not destroyed. That the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Ah. Came to preach this morning. The word prosper there in Joshua, one of its definitions means to rush. Whenever you sow, as you release the word of God, God says, I'm going to now cause your harvest to rush to you. I don't need a three-month harvest. I don't, I don't need a two-year harvest. I need a right-now harvest. I've sown and I've prayed and I need some stuff to show up right now. These babies can't identify with what we feel right now. And I'm only 32, but there comes a point in your life where you need some stuff to happen right now. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of fasting. I'm tired of praying. And at some point, God, something needs to happen. Something needs to come into manifestation right now. I'm praying on the horn of the altar. I need my baby to come home right now. I need my husband to straighten up right now. I need this pain to leave right now. I need some change and some turnaround right now. Not only is it your time, because it's also your turn. When you're sitting on that bench, coach says, 33! It's your turn now. You've rehearsed, studied the plays, done all your workouts and lifted your weights. Now it's time for us to see what you can do. And now God is saying, I'm calling your number. 
It's now your turn. You've seen other people get their cars. Come on, somebody. You've watched everybody else give their testimonies. Come on now. I've been there. You've watched everybody dance and give God praise about their blessing. And you still had to go home to your shot put house and had to crank up and pray it cranked up. But God says now you've waited and you've stayed faithful and you've remained in joy. But now your turn is right now. I wish I had somebody who could receive it this morning. See, this lady had now VIP treatment. You can bear with me for just a moment. Lay down your sanctified lives for just a second. On Saturday night or Friday night, you know, when you used to go to the club, they had a VIP section. And you could bypass the line and get onto the special section in the club. And everybody couldn't get in the roped off call. Oh, you don't know what I'm Oh, come on now. ha <laughs> It's okay. We're still in churches. It's all, it's all right. You always wanted to be in the VIP. Turn up. <laughs> or uh, if y'all been to Carowinds this year that came out last year, it was called Fast Lane, right? And now with Fast Lane, you can pay a little extra money. You already got your money for your season pass, but now you can pay extra money, and everybody on a day like today when it's hot, whoo, and that little air come through every now and then with the little uh, spritzy spray on you. If you got a fast lane ticket, you get the Yankee Doodle Winter Town, <laughs> and get on in, where everybody's still there, and ride, ride uh, air, air afterburn as many times as you want to. God says now, when it's your turn, you have put in all the mileage in prayer, Artie. You put all the mileage in in sowing your seed. You put all your mileage in coming to church on Sunday morning after Sunday after Wednesday after Wednesday after Saturday after Saturday. On time, every time the doors are open, God says, now I'm promoting you to VIP status. You don't hear me, somebody. And now I'm going to bypass you and leapfrog you over everybody else and bring to the front of the line. It's, it's your time. It's your season. It's your, it's your moment. I wish I had me somebody in this place today. In John chapter 5, we learn of a man who had waited for his opportunity 38 years. He had an infirmity 38 years. That's longer than I've been alive. He had an infirmity. A sickness, some kind of, of ailment. We don't know what it was. Some people say was, he was paralyzed because he said, I have nobody to help me. But he had an ailment. And he said, I have nobody to help me get in this pool. He was at the pool. Hold on to that thought. He was at the pool of Bethsaida. Now, this pool was a mikveh, M-I-K-V-E-H. Giving you all some lessons here. Somebody say mikveh. That's how you say it, and it's almost like Klingon in Star Trek. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's Hebrew. A mikveh is a gathering of living water. A mayim hayim. <laughs> it marks a change in status. To this day, people will immerse themselves in a mayim hayim to celebrate moments of joy, to heal after times of sorrow or illness, or to commemorate or celebrate transitions and changes. I feel the Holy Ghost. This man was sitting at this pool waiting for his season waiting for his transition, waiting for his moment of destiny to shift. But he said, I have nobody to help me reach my destiny. I have nobody to help me reach my change. I have nobody to help me reach this place. I, I've been trying to get there all by myself, but I, I need a little bit of push. I, I need a little bit of help. But Jesus said to him, I am your source. He's looking at the word made flesh. 
he's looking at God and man, and he's saying, I have no help. You have to realize today, you don't need any help. All you need is faith in God. Stop making excuses. Well, I'm not smart enough. I didn't come from the right family. I don't have an education. I dropped out of ninth grade. Or, uh, or I don't have the credentials to get that particular job. Or, or um, my skin's a little bit too dark. Stop making excuses. Nobody wants to help me with my report. The teacher won't help me in this particular classroom. So what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See, this applies to everybody. Young and the, and the, not older, but better. Excuses come to hold you back. Excuses come to keep you small. But I tried. I'm trying the best I can, Terrell. I'm tired. I'm loving the best I know how. His source was standing right in front of him. And ladies and gentlemen, young people understand this, that a lot of times your answer is right in front of you. A season of change. It's a season of turnaround. When your time comes, can't nobody stop it. Can't no devil delay it. Can't no one deny it. You just have to receive it and jump in the pool by faith and exercise your praise. I wish I had three people who would shout and declare, it's my time. I declare upon you right now the shift. I declare upon you right now the blessing. I declare upon you and I destroy every shackle. I destroy every chain that will try to bind you. That will try to harass you in your flesh or infiltrate your mind. I declare upon you right now the Benjamin blessing. Now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me explain to you what the Benjamin blessing is. See, this was... Spoken over my life five years ago, I didn't even realize what it was. The Benjamin blessing after my little brother. I can't wait till he grows up so I can explain to him what his name means. I feel the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. I feel this place of power right now. Demonstrate Holy Ghost. Let your fire come in this place like a mighty rushing wind. In the name of Jesus. Let these teenagers bring in the burn for you. Let every person in this place. In Genesis chapter 35, Rachel was giving birth to a son. Understand this. It was her second son. If you'll remember, Rachel was the pretty wife of Jacob. He had worked for seven years and tried to get this girl. It's a long time to go for a girl. I'm not trying to chase you for no seven years. If you tell me no, it's deuces time to go. Ain't no girl that fine for seven years, but something was going on with Rachel, but then maybe she was that fine, and you know, hey, hey, <laughs> think I will, maybe we went on for seven years, and he worked for seven years, but then his, uh, Rachel's daddy played a little trick on him, and he said, yeah, you, you can marry my, my daughter, but uh, Jacob went in to uh, see uh, Rachel at, at nighttime, it was time to, wow, 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 let's get it on, by Marvin Gaye, and, and so he, he went in there, and, and all of a sudden, he, he peeled the covers back, and the lights came on, it was the ugly one, it was, it was Leah. The cock-eyed one, the Bible says. The one that looked like that. Hey, Jacob. <laughs> like all of us in here, Jacob was very upset. He had been tricked. He'd been lied to. Boy. He said, I'll work another seven years for her. And so now they get married, but now Rachel was the one he loved, was the one he really wanted to be with. She became barren. And again, in those particular days when you couldn't have a son, they saw it as a sign or a curse from God. Rachel prayed and she had a son, called him Joseph. Now he's in labor again. 
Now it's time to give birth to a boy. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 35 that she was in hard labor. I don't know what that means, but you women can testify to what it means to be in labor. But she was in hard labor. He wouldn't come out. He was contracting and her uterus was clamped down and it began to hurt. And they didn't have an epidural in those days. The Bible says that when her labor pains were at their worst, the midwife said, don't be afraid, Artie. It's a boy. You see, in the times where it's your worst, in the times where it seems like I can't make it, in the times where it seems like everything around me is contracting and convulsing, you cannot be afraid. You can't quit. You cannot give up. It's in those moments you have to push and get that baby out. You cannot be afraid. Why? It's a boy. It's your promise. It's your due seed. It's your due season. And even though it's been hurting a little bit, even though it seems like I cannot make it, even though the bills are stacked up all around you, even though the family has left you and even turned their backs against you, God says today you cannot quit and you cannot give up. Even though right now it seems like the church maybe is going through a little recession, I can't quit. I cannot give up because it's in those moments that I have to push a little bit harder because my promise is nigh. Woo! The story ends that Rachel's last breath, she named her son Ben-Onai, meaning son of my pain. You have to be careful what you let out of your mouth. When you're in pain, you have to take heed to what comes out of your mouth when you've been hurt, stab in your heart, and stoned in your back. Be careful of how you respond in your pain. You may look at me in my little seersucker suit with my pink shirt and tie and think I'm a slick boy. Or the son of privilege. But I remember living in the ghetto. I remember being Ashton's age. And I remember that two-bedroom apartment that needed to be painted. I remember the roaches and the crickets that would come out of my bed at night. I remember that 1973 gray Pontiac with the black top that we had to pray in in order for it to crank up. I remember it being so hot in our living room, just like it is today. And my, we had old, we didn't have these uh, nice uh, purple fan and the nice oscillating fan that turns and, and blows a fresh breeze. We had an old busted, dirty fan with the front torn off of it with two blades. And it said, I remember what that's like. I don't forget where I come from. Oh, don't know about this one here, but hopefully, see if Katie was here, she could go with me. I was, my parents were too broke to buy me Jordans. They couldn't afford to buy me Nikes. I had to go to Payless and get them British Thunders. Not British Knights, British Thunders. Them Voits, the V-O-I-T. If you go to Foot Locker, I saw them come back out, the, the throwbacks, they got the, uh, the Reebok pumps. And that's what all my friends were wearing because uh, Sean Kemp, just go, go home and YouTube Sean Kemp, okay? You think Vince Carter could dunk, just go, just YouTube Sean, S-H-A-W-N, Kemp, K-E-M-P. Nasty. Okay. And so Sean Kemp had these shoes called pumps. And the commercial came in there. Do you want to dunk like Sean Kemp? He was like, oh. he got the basketball. And he's like, oh, Poof. 
break the backboard, right? So we all like, oh, I'm going to dunk like that. Well, my friend's getting pumps. Well, my parents, they can't afford pumps. I had to get umps. <laughs> and so we playing basketball. Everybody like, you know, you know, everybody gripping you, and I'm sliding down the basketball court. I'm going to pump mine up to. <laughs> and now i got this big old flap walking down. I'm not embarrassed. I'm like, my daddy going to kill me. He just bought these shoes. <laughs> Be careful of what you say in your pain. I remember I'd heard some news. And then I looked out the window and my car was being taken down the street that I'd believed God for. I was standing now in a house that I wouldn't be able to afford anymore. I lost my job. And now that pain and that anger produced tears that came down my face. But in the midst of that, young people, through that, I'm not telling this to sound churchy. I know I've kind of gotten excited. I'm not trying to be a preacher. See, now I can preach out of experience that this is what works. In the midst of that, I begin to say, thank you, Jesus. God, I praise you. Lord, you're my source. I will bless the Lord at all times, and your praise shall continually be in my mouth. Father, you are my shepherd, and I shall not want. And I began to see my morning turn into dancing. And you have to be key and very careful of what you say in your pain. Because you have to understand you are about to turn your destiny. That he turns your morning into dancing. He trades beauty in for ashes. I wish I had somebody right now. And that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. If you will do your research right now, crying never changes the hand of God. But every time we see crying in the Bible, it's always followed by joy. You may be crying right now, but wipe those tears, my son, and wipe those eyes, my daughter. Understand right now that your joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy will cause you to rise up. Joy will cause you to get your fight back. Joy will cause you to get your step back. Joy will put a, a perk in your step, and you'll know that you are a champion and that you win and that you are victorious. And see, Jacob understood the power of his words. He understood, I cannot speak what I see. I cannot be moved by what I feel. And he said, no, we're not going to call that boy Ben-Onai. We're going to call that boy Ben-Hamin, Ben-Jamin, which means son of my right hand or son of my power. And God says, now, you will no longer be in pain. You are not the son of pain. You are the son of power. He says, I'm going to turn your pain into your power. I'm going to use the very thing that came to hurt you. I'm going to use the very thing that came to paralyze you. I'm going to use the very thing that came to stop you. I'm going to turn that situation around and use it for my glory. And the very thing that Satan came to take me out, the very thing that Satan came to uh, sabotage me with, the very thing Satan came to give me pain, God has used it in right now today to let you know he is the God of Jacob. He's the God of Isaac. He's the God of Abraham. He opened the Red Sea. He opened blinded eyes. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's about to show up strong in your life. Don't you quit and don't you give up and don't you hold back. It is your set time. It is your high time of due season, of change, of turnaround. Somebody shout hallelujah. Ah. Maybe you've received some rejection. Maybe you've experienced some hurt. Maybe you've walked the halls at high school and nobody talked to you. But we're not going to be inferior. We're not going to cave in. We're going to wear our blessing well because you're queens, because you're kings, and you're royalty, the Bible declares. Let me move forward. Let me move forward. Let me move forward. 
Don't turn there, but in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence or proof of what we cannot see. I know I'm maybe speaking some mumbo-jumbo to you today, but you have to receive this through and by faith. That I believe, God, that even though I may not see it in the natural right now, I receive my level change right now. I need, I need you to believe it right now. Don't believe it when you leave here, but I got you to believe it right now. You got to expect it. You got to anticipate it. You got to see it and foresee it. If you don't hear what God is saying, you won't hear what God is doing. Now, listen to this. Jesus talked about there being great faith and there being little faith. I'm going to give you another history lesson. It's a great church. You get the word, you get a little bit of lesson, you get a little bit of laughter. It's a good church. Keep coming. The phrase, Dylan, little faith, in the Greek is oligopistos. That ending, that see, I'm going to teach you how to spell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my member says, sound it out. So we have, like, different words. And, for you know, you ever watch a spelling bee and they're like, um, can you give me the definition? Is, is it Latin or Greek? Because sometimes you have different, in origins, you have different uh, prefixes and suffixes in the word. So that oligopistos, that pistos is from that word pistos, meaning faith. Little faith. Whenever Jesus said little faith, he was saying oligopistos, which means I don't believe anything. It's small in number. Now, the Bible says he's dealt to every man the measure of faith. But to have little faith literally means I don't believe at anything at any given point. I have little persuasion. I believe God can heal my body, but I don't believe he can get me out of debt. I believe God can save my marriage, but I don't believe he can bring my son back home. Little faith. I, I, I believe he can do it, but not right now. It's, it's been too long. It's been too hard. Little faith. My husband's too difficult. He's too hard a man. My wife is too far gone. Little faith. But the doctor said three months. Little faith. Elagopistos. Then there is great faith. Megapistios. Transformers, Megatron, big, big transformer. Mega, big, pistos, faith. Got it? See, I ain't trying to sound smart. I'm just giving give you a little bit of history in here. Megapistios. I bet you whenever you see great faith, you'll always think of that word. You'll never forget it. Listen to this. It means to reach beyond borders. Hear me now. Hear me now. In Matthew chapter 15 and verse 22, hear me now. Perk up. We're almost finished. Matthew 15 and verse 22. Great faith to reach beyond borders. Please get this, Lord. Please get this. Matthew 15 and verse 22. Just posted on Facebook, we had an awesome time in church today. Just post it and I'll share it, I'll tweet it, I'll do everything. And Matthew 15, verse 22, and as he entered into a house that would have no man know it. In other words, Jesus was trying to get away. You're out ministering to people. You're out there. Laying hands, counseling, performing miracles, and Jesus was still part man. He got tired. That I need to get away. You ever been there? I need to get away from these chaps. And so Jesus sought for a private place, a getaway. 
He also, in no doubt, desired an opportunity to impact or give private instruction to his 12 disciples. In verse 22, a Canaanite woman came unto him. That word Canaanite, is what it means is, and it's a term for a person who lives in Canaan or Palestine. Same word, okay? You call Charlotte, Charlotte the Queen City, the QC, just different terms for the same place. They, they had slang back then too. The term Syrophoenician, as she's commonly called, means Syro, a person living in, 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 in Syria. She cried out, Lord, son of David, have mercy upon me. My daughter is suffering terribly and tormented from a demonic spirit. He's on vacation. He knocks at the door. Jesus, I need you to come out here and heal my daughter. Now, she was a Syrophoenician. She's from Syria, and, and she was a Greek, uh, but she was born and in, in, in from Syria, had those roots in there. The closest thing for you to understand was at that particular time, she was the closest thing you could picture as an African-American woman. Now, I've traveled all over the world, 24 countries, four continents. There is no other woman on the planet but that black woman. I know it's kind of kind of soft, but it's okay. Puerto Ricans, hey, papi. Nah. I've seen all them cultures, but there's something about that tenacity in that African-American woman. You better listen when she says, uh, <laughs> you better turn up. When she comes in the room and says, hey, she ain't going to let it go down to the ground. Uh, you remember, uh, especially you get one of Shaquita's. Nah, buddy. <laughs> Time to pay attention then. Oh, my goodness. Look at here, Jesus. I need you right now to come get my daughter, Larisha. Okay, she is throwing up in the bathroom, and I need you right now because I don't know what to do, and my check did not come in, okay? <laughs> there comes a point in time where you have to say, you know what, my desperate prayer. I don't need no cute prayer. Eternal, most high, everlasting God, thou art high on the mountaintop. We thank thee for thy goodness and thy mercy. No, it ain't time for that right now. It's Jesus. I need a breakthrough. When you're desperate, call for some desperate prayers. The Bible says now, Jesus said nothing. Have you ever prayed and you didn't hear an answer? Come on now. Amen. Verse 23, Jesus answered not a word. His disciples came to him and said, Lord, send her away. She's crying after us. I need y'all to go in there and get that man. Go get Jesus. I'm not leaving here till he come see me by my baby. Verse 24, he answered and said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. What this means was in the spiritual realm, he was only able at that particular time to minister unto the Hebrews. He was not yet sent to heal the Gentiles. He was not yet crucified. He was not yet buried. He was not yet raised again. His power could not reach to the unregenerate, the uncapt, or the captive. You listening to me? That's what he was saying. The woman came in again and said, Lord Jesus, help me. Anybody ever prayed that? Help God. Desperate prayer. Come on, somebody. We're almost finished. Desperate prayer. He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that are falling from the master's table. Now, understand he wasn't calling her a dog, but he was giving and 
speaking in a parable. He said, it's not fit to take the master's bread and give it to dogs. In other words, it's not right for me to perform a miracle for you and you're unregenerate and you're a Gentile and I have not yet performed miracles for those who I've been sent to heal. And she said, yes, but even the dogs get the crumbs. In other words, back in those days, the master ate first, then the family, then the kids, then the slaves, and then the dogs. They got the very last, but she said, yes, but they still eat. And Jesus said, oh my goodness, great is your faith. Because now this woman said, I, I don't have time to wait on you to get crucified. I don't have time to wait on you to get uh, buried. I don't have time for you to wait to get resurrected. I need change now. I need deliverance right now. I need healing right now. I need breakthrough right now. And so her great faith reached beyond time. Oh, her great faith reached beyond borders and brought her future and her destiny into her right now. And I've come to tell you right now, if you release your faith today at this very moment at now 1233, you can pull your future into your right now. You can pull five years ahead into right now. You can pull 10 years ahead into your right now. God, I don't have time to wait. I need breakthrough now. Send now prosperity. Save now, God. Do it now, Jesus. Heal my body now, God. Send breakthrough now, God. Increase my finances now, God. Enlarge my territory now, God. Save my babies now, God. Restore my marriage now, God. Give me healing now, God. Woo! See, now praise is the release of your faith. Praise is a powerful weapon because you can praise him for what he's done, what he is doing, and what he's already done. You see, worship is about him, but praise already, we understand, is about us. I can change things in praise. I can lose things in praise. Now things begin to make sense. If you'll remember in Joshua chapter 6, the story of Jericho. That word in Jericho in Hebrew means Yerah, which means moon of time, an indicator of time according to the moon. You're not hearing me. Jericho means an indicator of time according to the moon or the lunar system. Lunar, luna, where we get the word lunatic. Now we understand why God said, I want you to watch around the walls seven times and utter me a lunatic praise. You're not hearing me understanding because the praise signified the time of transition at that Jordan River. Come on now, you're not hearing me. And so God says, when it comes time for me now to launch you into your destiny, when it comes time for me to launch you into to your new season, when it comes time for me now to push you into what you've been praying for, what you've been waiting for in 30 years for, right now, I want you to open up your mouth and usher me into a praise. Release a luna, release a praise, release a shabaka, release unto me a sound that will break every wall. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to loose every yoke, to destroy every burden right now. I declare every chain is broken off of your life. I'll pull you right now into your supernatural season of manifestation right now. You've waited long enough and you've fasted long enough. You've wondered when. You've wondered why. You've wondered how. But I tell you today as a prophet of God at 32 years old in the Lord Jesus Christ, I say to you right now, it is your season. It is your time. He has brought you to your wall and I want you to right now to usher a shout of praise and watch God move you and launch you from your future into your present. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Bless you, Jesus. It's right now. It's high time. My time is right now. The word was spoken over me yesterday from local to global. Hallelujah. From local to global. What's on the inside of you? What's your dream? What's your expectation today? You want all A's this year. You want the honor roll this year. You want to start this year. You want to make all pro this year. You want to make all conference this year. What do you want? What do you dream? You want a new house. 
You want a better relationship. You want more power. You want more glory. What do you want this year? What do you want to see God do? What are you expecting God to show up in your life? You need to write it down and make it plain. Turn to Psalms 126. I'm going to bring it home. Psalms 126. Touch two people and tell them it's my time. Come on, come on. Tell them it's my time, it's my time, it's my time, it's my time. It's the set time. It's the set time. It's my high time. It's time. It's time. In Psalms 126 and verse number one, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like those that dream. Come on now. It's time for you to dream again. What can you see? What can you expect? There's no dream that's too big. There's no dream that's too crazy. There's no dream that God cannot provide for. I stir you up today by way of remembrance. Joseph was a dreamer. David was a dreamer. Tyler Perry is a dreamer. You cannot stop dreaming. Only great people who've ever achieved anything were big dreamers. Bill Gates was a big dreamer. There once was a man who was $500,000 in debt, but he had a dream of a business, and he didn't quit, and he didn't give up, but he kept pushing, and he kept searching, and he kept, he kept on believing. And all of a sudden now, his name is Mr. Hilton, and he built one of the biggest hotel empires in the entire world. Whatever is on the inside of you, even at 13, even at 14, you better not ever let it go. Don't let anybody ever tell you what you cannot do or you cannot go where you cannot go to school. If you have a dream, God put it in there for you to, in order for it to come forth. Hold on to your dream. Let it stir you. Let it push you. Let it keep you up at night. Let it make you be the reason why you get up in the morning. Let it be the reason why you go to work because you understand today that God is the God who gives dreams. He is the one who gives away in the desert. He makes ways out of no ways and stir up the dream on the inside of you. It's not too difficult. Is there anything too hard for God? With men, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible to those who will believe. Oh, God. And so now in the book of Psalms 126, he says, we were like those who dreamed when you turned our captivity. This is the season where God is turning your captivity. Your money's been locked up. It's been scarce. It's been held up. But God says, Artie, I'm turning away that captivity. Your family's been locked up. But God says, I'm turning your captivity. Your body and health's been locked up. Oh, but Sister Montgomery, God says, today, I'm turning your captivity today. He says, when we turn your captivity, it was like a dream. It was exactly the way I imagined it. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it was exactly the way I pictured it, God. When he does it, he does exceedingly, abundantly above all. You can ask or think. This psalm is a song of the pilgrim, or it's called the song of the ascents, because the first and the second verse are repeated. In the fourth verse, the Bible says, turn again our captivity and restore our fortune, O Lord, in the streams of the south. The Amplified Bible tells us this was the stream or the region of the Negev. Now the Negev is a dry and desert place that's in the south, and it only receives about two inches of rain for about 11 months here this it has valleys already it has cracks it's dry with land and it has faults but now the bible says he's going to call it to rain in a torrential rain and on that 12th month somebody shout the 12th month on that 12th month there comes a torrential rain and it begins to downflow and overflows the valley god says today faith soldiers word ministries i'm going to cause what's been dry i'm going to cause what's been at fault i'm going to cause what's been cracked up to now experience the refreshing power of my overflow and it's going to begin now to begin to rain a torrential downpour for the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain it's a fixed time but wait a minute i live in monroe that 
don't matter. I live in Paisland. That doesn't matter. I live in Waxhaw. That doesn't matter. Wherever God plants you, he says you are blessed. Blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed you'll be when you go out and blessed you'll be when you come in. You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Somebody shout hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We always appreciate to hear how God is moving in your life. No matter where you are in life, we'd love to hear your story. Please visit fsmonero.org. Also, if the message you heard touched your life and you would like to support this ministry financially and make a difference around the world, you can do so by visiting fsmonero.org and click on the Give link. We thank you.